Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Today's February 3rd, 2021, and oh, what a special, special guest we have today. Alan Klein, he's returning to us, and I've been so looking forward to talking with him. And the listeners are going to just be thrilled today. So, Alan, here you are. Here I am, and I was just uh, chuckling because when you said return today, I thought it's like returning a package that you don't want. <laughs> it's it's my no, no, crazy no, no, mind, no. you know. <laughs> you are so so. Um, but no, it is it is great to be returned and, <laughs> and be here. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about your newest book, The Awe Factor. We're going to right. get into where, where did you get the idea for that? Well, uh, every book I've written, Healing Power of Humor, came from the loss of my wife. Um, you Can't Ruin My Day came from me getting a speeding ticket and not letting it ruin my day. Um, every book had kind of a motivation why I wrote it. And this one, I was thinking of all those incredible times I've had in my life. As I get older, those times that took my breath away or when I was overwhelmed or flawed me or gave me goosebumps. And I was thinking, like in one quick example, uh, hiking on top of Vernal Falls in Yosemite, going up the trail and coming down the trail at the top of the mountain is an apprentice that I had in summer stock that I hadn't seen in like 40 years. (laughs) And so it's like, you know, how did those things happen? And I thought of all of those incredible moments and thought, I'm not the only one that has these, but I think people, particularly these days, are so into their phone or their computers, you know, even walking down the street, you don't catch someone's eye to say good morning or hello. And, and I thought we're losing something here, particularly with COVID. I think people have lost their sense of wonder in the world. And so I thought it was time to write this book, to tell my stories, tell other people's stories and perhaps give people some tips of how to get more, awe and wonder in their life right now. Mm. Everybody needs it. There's no denying it. 
Right. And the the interesting thing, Denise, at least for me and and other people I've interviewed, it's all around us, but we don't see it. And so main aim for my book was to show people, you know, awe does not have to be Niagara Falls or the Grand Canyon. It can be in your backyard. It can be in your house. It can be on wherever you live. And and that's the main goal of the book. And then while doing the book, I start doing research of what scientists are saying. And it's a fairly new science. They haven't really studied this emotion very much, except in maybe the last eight years or so. And and so I thought maybe, just maybe, awe could be the new happiness. And so that's what I'm hoping to um, chat with you today about. Well, let's do it. All right. What do you want to know? <laughs> well, why is taking an awe walk so important? Actually, um, I found some research a number of years ago about that, but just last fall, um, they took two groups of older people, people who were 60, 70, 80, they divided them in half, and half them, they said, we're going to, most days we're going to take, or maybe even once a week if the weather's bad, we're going to take a 15-minute walk. And one group, they they gave the instructions to look for something that that kind of surprised them, that, that was awe to them, that, that was wonderful to them. And the other group, they didn't say anything. They just said, you know, we're going to take a 15-minute walk. And then they did some studies with them, and they found, this is out of UCSF, they found that people that had the intention of finding some awe were happier, they were more positive with their emotions, and their negative emotions were diminished, and they more easily connected with other people in the group. And I was thinking people are so anxious these days with COVID and so um, negative, uh-huh. a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people, that just taking an awe walk with the intention of finding something that awes them might exactly. be really helpful for them to rise above that anxiety. Oh, yeah, there's all kinds of animals out there. You know, there's always pretty much birds. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the area that I'm in, we've got just about every animal imaginable. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I when I go out almost on a daily basis, I always see something amazing. Right. Uh, I'm talking about animals. I was walking my dog one day, and behind this gate... I looked up, and there was a mother raccoon and a baby raccoon kind of, you know, checking me out, (laughs) checking the dog out. But they just stood still and just kind of looked at us. And it was, I wish I had my phone out to take a photo. It was so incredible. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, you know, um, we don't even even need... That's you know you see it every day, but we don't even need those kind of incredible stuff. It's really simple stuff. Like if you see a flower, 
look in the flower, really look inside. And it's amazing. I was in Amsterdam two years ago, and I went to, um, it's called, and I'm trying to remember now, um, a big garden there with 7 million tulips, Kirkenhof, Kirkenhof Gardens. Could you imagine seven million tulips in bloom? I happen I to be there just at the right time. Oh, <laughs> but each one was like amazing. You look inside and there was this brilliant red, scarlet, crimson color red. And you look inside and there was a black center with a yellow kind of jagged edge around the black. And maybe the stamen was orange. And it was just <laughs> Spectacular! Just blew me away. Incredible. Were they all so, different colors? Yeah, amazing colors. And then they—they they weren't just planted. All the tulips, tulips were put in different, you know, shapes in the ground in different patterns. I guess oh, is the word. Gosh. And just so, but just a single. You know, I had some roses the other day here, and just the simple rose and the way it was opening and and the petals falling and it <laughs> you know it is not it is not Niagara Falls but what science is, is finding you do not need those kind of Niagara Falls moments in fact one of the leading researchers he said he wanted to um, get rid of two myths about awe A-W-E, one that awe is rare. He said it's not. And they did studies in 30 countries. And they asked the inhabitants of those countries, how many times do you you see something that awes you and knocks your socks off or creates wonder within you? And they said, on an average, two and a half times a day. Very different than our country. And the second thing we just talked about that was that you need to go somewhere special to find awe. And that is certainly not true. You know, we're talking about flowers and animals. So nature is the number one, I guess, generator of awe. But do you know what the second thing is? And generally people have these around them all the time. No, Most times. Children, (laughs) young Uh children, particularly, you know, seeing a childbirth, a baby, or a very young child, Um, you know, and if you don't have any awe in your life, go to a playground and just sit there and and watch kids just interact with each other. Uh, Just just the life in them is, is, uh, is all getting. Yeah, they're so precious, really precious. Oh, one other thing. I really almost forgot this really important thing. (laughs) Research is finding you don't even have to go into nature, that if you just have a photo of something that awes you from nature, like flowers or the redwood trees or the clouds, Uh if you have that photo around you or see a slideshow on your computer, you are getting some of those same healthful benefits as if you are in, say, the Redwoods. Oh, okay. That's good to know. 
Yes, so if you can't get out of the house, <laughs> just uh, find find a photo of nature and, and look at that for a little while. You know, there's there's plenty of people that post those types of pictures. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Huh. So let's let's talk about um, how you know you had been, you had mentioned COVID. So how do we how do we fix a COVID funk? So when, in the book, the last part of the book, I have uh, what I call awe-wakening prescriptions, how people could get more on their life. And if they just remember three words, stop, look, and listen. Because I think we you know, rush through the day. We talked about being on, being, people being on phones or the computer, you don't see uh-huh. the awe around you. So um, one example, a couple of years ago, I was in a retreat, and one after, beautiful afternoon, they took us outside. They put a raisin, it was about 40 people, they put a raisin, one single raisin in our palm of our hand. And they said, just examine this raisin. Notice the texture, the color the wrinkles, the shininess. And they made us realize that no other raisin in that group, even probably in that box, was exactly the same, that they were all different. My gosh. When you think of it, that is true. (laughs) Try to find two raisins that are exactly alike. Uh, You probably Uh won't. And then we put the raisin in our mouth. We didn't chew it. We just noticed the texture and the kind of smoothness of it. And then we did bite into it, and we noticed the sweetness and the little seeds and the little juicy part that maybe came out. And then we started to chew it and, you know, notice what that was like until we swallowed it. And it must have taken at least a half hour to examine and and eat one raisin. And I realized we we only got that. We only got all those parts of a raisin because we stopped to do it. And how often do we have a meal? You know, we don't even look at it. (laughs) We just shove, particularly if we're in a hurry, we just shove it in our mouth. And if you really say you take the broccoli and you try to go back to where did that come from and what did it take, who did it take, how many people did it take, to grow what I'm going to eat right now. You think about the person uh-huh. maybe that <clears throat> planted the seed, watered it, um, harvested it, um, got it to the store, person that depl- uh, displayed it in the store, the person that checked you out, uh, you coming home with it and putting it in the fridge and then taking it out to cook and you know maybe somebody helped you in the kitchen to put it on the plate and arrange it and you know, we don't look at our food that way, but I think you could start to see a little bit of the awe that this thing that I'm eating had this huge journey and started out as this little teeny seed. Mm. So I think if we start to think like that, to stop and then to look at what we're what we're doing, what we're eating, what we're passing on the street 
I think we can start to see some of the wonder that's in our world. And then listen, I know a lot of people in the country right now are experiencing snow or have experienced snow this week. And what is that like? You know, there's we think there's snow has lots of different shapes. But when I was researching the book, I found out snow has only 35 different shapes. Um and that kind of awed me because uh, it kind of knocked out a belief that I had. And then uh-huh. I thought the next time I'm in snow and snow's falling, I wonder if I could stop and listen and whether I would hear the snow falling. I know we, I could hear the water falling, you know, when it rains. Uh-huh. And just the other day I was in the shower and I thought, I'm going to stop and listen to the shower. And I closed my eyes, and it sounded like I was in Hawaii under a waterfall that I had been in on Maui. So all I'm bringing up, Denise, is ways that uh-huh. we can investigate our world more to, to see the incredibleness of it. And our own uh-huh. body, oh, my God. <laughs> uh-huh. I just had two, today actually, three weeks ago today, I had an eye operation for glaucoma. And they take this teeniest little stent, and I don't know if it's even as thick as a hair, and they connect it to one of the parts of my eyes so it drains. I mean, amazing. (laughs) And the eye itself is Uh just so amazing that we could see with this thing. Oh, my gosh. So true. So, yeah, I could go on and on and on, but <laughs> I just wanted to give you a picture of all the things in our world that we don't acknowledge as being a wonderful, awesome, incredible thing. Well, I mean, you're you're reshaping how how we can think differently. Right. You know, and you and I have talked about humor previously, which uh, I've taught for years. But that is also reshaping our attitude. It's finding something positive through humor in a situation that maybe we don't like. Mm-hmm. So I guess. When it comes down to my books, they're all about, I'm just thought of this, they're all about changing our attitude. Yes. To see to see our life differently no matter what our life is. Whether it's COVID or whether, you know, one of my books is embracing life after loss, so it's about death and dying and grieving. But even there we can we can turn that around um with how we see our world. Uh huh. Very true. All about attitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Victor Frankel talked about you know changing his attitude, finding humor in a concentration camp, and I thought, how could you possibly do that? Maybe the worst place in the world, you know. Uh-huh. One of the worst places. And yet he talks about finding humor every day with another prisoner, how it helped him get through that experience, 
and that um, the only power we really have over our emotions and our world are um, our attitudes. Uh-huh. So here I'm he... asking people change their attitude mm. by finding something that um, maybe they haven't seen before that is awes them or fills them with wonder or or the other day somebody on, on one of my interviews said it's really like gratitude finding awe uh-huh. is finding gratitude in the world and I thought yeah that's true too true well I mean, you're very well traveled and a lot of people are you can start pulling out some of your old photos of where you where you went and those will bring back some really great memories and you can experience yes, that even, trip all over again. Yeah, exactly. And relate that to awe. Science is finding that you can pull out some of those photos, say, of Niagara Falls. And if you were awed then, you will be awed again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you don't have yeah. to pay another uh, airline ticket. <laughs> um, exactly. Well, I I donate to a, a wild horse sanctuary, and um, the people that run it they post on a daily basis, you know, how specific horses on the sanctuary are doing, and they give us their backstories. And every day I'm in awe over how mm. these animals have overcome the abuse after they've been captured and you know put into um, you know BLM stalls for years uh, and then possibly adopted out et cetera, et cetera and they, they lose their families they lose their friends <laughs> it's just the stories are incredible so I experience that every day oh great, wonderful yeah well the whole you know and that brings up the whole human spirit and how pe- what people have gone through. I mean some of their stories are amazing, and how they yeah, managed uh, to survive it yeah uh-huh well they they they've transformed their lives as a result mhm mhm so give us an example of something out of your book. Oh, my God. So (laughs) I'll give you some awe stories and why I wrote this book from my life. Um, I'm trying to think which one to tell you. (laughs) I know. Okay, so this one is being in the right, I call it being in the right place at the right time, awe, or how did this suddenly happen? Um, so I was at um I go to New York City every year because that's where I'm from and a lot of my friends and relatives are back there. But one year, several years ago, five years ago or so, I was going and my cousin who I often stayed with had passed away, so I had nowhere to stay. So I'm in San Francisco where I live and I went to a friend's cocktail party and having my glass of wine and chatting with some people. And this woman clear across the room comes over and 
this is kind of funny. She looks at me and she says, you are so dapper. You are so cute. <laughs> and I was dressed nice. I, I liked ties, so I had a fancy tie on and a jacket. But there were other men dressed up, too. And uh-huh. um, I st- we started laughing, and, and um, I said to her, where are you from? She said, oh, we're from New York City, because there were people from all over the world at the conference. She said, New York City? I said, oh, I'm going there. This was January. I said, I'm going there in May. And usually I stay at my cousin's, but I should apartment's not available anymore. Another friend I stay with, he's, you know, he has company. It's not going to work. Do you know of anyone that I could rent an apartment from? And she said, well, when are you going? And I said, the last week in May. And she said, oh, we're going to be in Italy that week. You could stay at our apartment. So that was the first, like, oh, my God. And then I said, well, how much do you charge? And she said, oh, we won't charge you anything. We just want someone to take care of the apartment. So (laughs) we did go, and it was, I have been there like five or six years in a row now. One year we went twice. Wow. And every time she goes to Europe, she tells us, and we could stay at this doorman apartment, (laughs) 24-hour doorman, um, really great location, with for free in New York City for a whole week. Amazing. And I didn't even know this woman. And yet, um, I, I don't know what it was. There's some, you know, this is all that I call, you know, how did this happen all? Or, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like, um, yeah. Sometimes I don't know, people, there's some, I believe there's some energy trust. in the world. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. And yep. we still chat. We they're planning to go to Japan in June. I'm not sure I'm ready to travel in June, but um Okay. We'll see what happens. Yes, yes indeed. I yeah. think June will probably work out. Could be. I love Japan. Uh-huh. Well, she's going to Japan. I'm not going, but I'd love to travel again. That's one of the things I've missed. I haven't yes. missed much, and uh, actually, one of the one of the things that have happened because of COVID and stay at home and all is that every day at five o'clock, my yes. daughter and I call one of us calls each other, and we have this great conversation every day. And sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's funny. Um, sometimes it's what we're worried about or concerned about, and it eases us. It's it's a couple of times it's been my daughter not knowing some of my past history with my family or where my grandparents came from. We Uh talk about family history. A lot of this would not have happened if it wasn't for COVID. And Probably and true. so I'm grateful for those for those things. It's brought a lot of families back together. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Definitely. Yeah. Said, Another story, if good. you'd like. Yes, yes, please. Is um, when I wrote my first book, The Healing Power of Humor, I collected a lot of quotations about humor 
laughter, uh, giggles, you know, all everything related to humor. But I only used maybe a dozen in the book at each beginning of each chapter. And so I had a couple of hundred quotes related to humor and laughter. And I um, was at a conference. And I didn't quite know what to do with them. I thought, well, it might make a good quotation book. And I was at a conference, and Og Mandino was speaking. And he um, is a million-book seller. Um, trying to think of the greatest salesman in the world is the name of the book he wrote. <clears throat> and he said, any um, authors or would-be authors in the room that have an idea for a book, come up and get this label and send it to my publisher, and they guarantee they will look at it within two weeks because most publishers take months to look at it. And I got back an acceptance letter, and they published the book. And then I got another contract, another contract. But what awed me was one of the books, I got a letter from one of the readers. It was a young teenager, and she said... Mr. Klein, you don't know how much um, your book meant to me. She said, it literally saved my life. She said, my father had died a short time before and had given me the book for my birthday. I didn't even read it. I put it aside, and then after he died, I picked it up. I opened the page, and here's where the all moment came for me. She said, I found a quote. And the quote was, I will love the light, for it shows me the way, but I will endure the darkness, for it shows me the stars. And I looked at who wrote it, and it was Og Mandino, the same person who got this book literally published for me. (laughs) And again, this was a goosebump all moment. That's a quote wasn't even my quote, but it was in my book that this young teenager found and credits it with saving her life. Oh, isn't that something? Now that was an awe moment. That was certainly an awe moment. And um, it's like... uh, I say divine, uh, that awe is, has some divine in it, is, is the divine in the world. And I think this, this moment did, somehow did. And I have others like that, too. Um, people are going to have to buy the book to read <laughs> some of them, um, because some of them are kind of long. Um, sure, sure, sure. Well, where can people get your book? Oh, books. books. Um, they can go online, put in my name, Alan, A-L-L-E-N, Klein, K-L-E-I-N. Um, or they can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, local bookstore could order it. Uh, my website, www.alanklein.com. <clears throat> um, so they're, they're, they're all around. Well, that is a very good thing. <laughs> very, very and good And I'd like thing. to suggest to people who want more on in their life to get a 3 by 5 card 
get a magic marker and put a big A on one side, and if they want a W on the other side. Doesn't exactly spell R, but close. And keep it in their pocket, and then whenever they feel it, when out when they're out or in the house, feel it. Remember to look for the A for R, and the W for wonder. R and wonder. Because it's all around them if they just stop, look, and listen for it. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. Thank you, Denise. I appreciate it. Well, thanks so much. Really enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you. And you are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you are Awesome, too. Thank you. Take care, Alan. You, too. Enjoy. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That wraps up our show for today. Please join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another great topic and another great guest. Until then, please be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.health.com medianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?